Hello, hello everyone. Today is Wednesday. And I'm going to be doing a dive into the fourth house. Simply because there's not a lot of, I've heard a lot of people talk about the houses individually and what they affect. So I decided I was going to go in. Yesterday we did the 11th house and today we're going to do the fourth house. The fourth house. And this, um, this passage is from astrology.com. It's in the link. Tarot, Zodiac, and Astrology, and Horoscopes. It's a pretty decent little dive into something. The fourth house. The house of family and home. The fourth house is commonly referred to as the house of home. When we think of home, we think of the place where we put down our roots. We lay our foundation and, our plant, and plant ourselves firmly into the earth as it were. One day, we will return to the very same earth. The fourth house brings things full circle by also addressing old age ending and finding our final resting place. Hey, Hakeem. How you guys doing today? Hey, Cicely. How you doing? I can't complain. All right. I made it just in time for our show. I was just now on another one. Um, and... I just got in time to be to geek out about genetic engineering. But it was funny. There, somebody was arguing really, really, a lot. <clears throat> anyway, continue. All right. Things, things full circle by also addressing old age endings and our final resting place. Much of the emphasis on the fourth house, however, is on the concept of home. By laying roots, we make a home for ourselves, or more specifically, the self. It's worth noting that in addition to an external home, all of the bricks and mortar around us, we have really brought the essential self home. I'm home. The words themselves have a peaceful ring to them. The self is now centered, grounded, one and at peace with the earth. We seek to come home both physically and psycho no physically and psychologically for ourselves and for those we love. By creating home, we create a meeting place, a sanctuary, a sacred place for ourselves and for others. In our home, we integrate the self with all that has come before us and help to shape us with shape us into what we are today. We create a domestic space which comforts and nurtures us and serves to keep safe those we love. Also important here, uh, also important here are family history, cultural and societal norms, and the ways of being. All of these are ruled by the fourth house, as are our ancestry, root, and heritage. These qualities are brought home through us and integrated into the place we call home. Helping to create the home we make are our parents, for it is they who greatly nurture and shape our beginning. Therefore, the fourth house can also be thought of as the house of the mother, the parent, or the nurturer. 
Looking at things from a strictly tangible point of view, we can see that the fourth house also encompasses physical structures, houses, and real estate. The fourth house represents family history, family history and traditions. Hmm. Hey, sister, All of these can assist of becoming. Hmm? What, you, what are you reading from right now? It's astrology.com. It's in the links. In okay. The fourth house and traditions. All of these contribute to the process of becoming a true, actualized, individualized self. And this is how we come home. The fourth house is ruled by cancer and the moon. And hey, Samantha, how you doing, girl? And that's the end for that one. But there are a lot of symbolisms in the fourth house. The fourth house is one of the building blocks. The fourth and the tenth are paired together in astrology. And when they're paired together, they're used to base. You said the fourth the, and the tenth house? Fourth and the tenth house. Because the tenth oh. house is the dominant parent and the fourth house is for the nurturing parent so it has no that's gender like, uh, that's also very um that's like clockwise mm -hmm. they're they're par uh they're um parallel to well they're across from each other if you put them on a clock because you know there's 12 signs so 360 degrees separates them by 30 degrees so the 10 and 4 position are right across from each other mm -hmm. opposites <clears throat> Yeah, they're on the opposite scale, just like one and seven. Right. Yeah, 12, 6, 1, 7, mm -hmm. uh, 3, 8. Yep. 4, 10. Wait, uh, 4, 10. You're right. Yeah. So. But that's the difference. It's like six houses away. So is that halfway point. And one thing I'd like to know oh, about. It's two, 2 and 8. Two and mm -hmm. eight, three and nine. But it's got that same vibe. But even in the write your own write your own horoscope book by James Charles, they have it where they pair the ascendant and descendant signs as well as the as well as the houses that go together. I think it's in the very first couple of chapters. where they put the two together, the 12 houses in the Zodiac. And in this book, it describes the fourth house as the home, family, and domestic life, the past, endings, and your less dominant parent. So after you, after you read, you've read the meaning of each house, pair them by comparing the first with the seventh, the second with the eighth, the third with the ninth, and so on. And you'll see how they balance each other. For instance, the first house is about me and the seventh house is about, which deals with the relationships, is about we. So fourth to 10 is the less dominant parent, the home life, the domestic life, the brick and mortar home. And the 10th house is about goals, responsibility, public image, and your dominant parent. Yeah, I see that. And 
I'm looking at what page? I'm looking at page 35. What are you looking at there? That's page 22. Oh, 22. Okay. Well, 21 slash 22. Okay. Yeah, page 35 has a has something on there as well. All right. Yeah. Okay. I see now. Mm-hmm. That also so, okay, so, works. Hmm? Yeah. So what? Are, what is this now? And the, every horoscope is divided twelve sections of those houses. So what you were saying? Because remember, I'm I'm new to all this. The, what's the ascendant and descendant houses? Ascendant and descendant houses are like what signs are rising off. They're the most important angles. So think of them as the hands on the clock. Right. So the MC and IC, midheaven point is the highest point of the chart. Descendant or MC, I mean IC is the lowest part of the chart. So I'm a Taurus rising, but I am a Scorpio. Oh, Taurus ascendant with Scorpio on the descent. And so that's then, on page... So well, I, I'm looking at page 23 that has some of that stuff there. But I... So, uh, being a Virgo, would as my ascendant, would that mean Aries is my descendant? Yes. Because it's, it's just on like the opposite. opposite on the clock. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. They pair them up just like we pair up the houses. I'm trying to find the page in the book where they have them ascendant, descendant. Because mm. it's a very good thing to look at because you may experience. It's like nodes. You have the north node and the south node, the past versus the future. Where you're headed in this lifetime is the north node. Where you've been in the last lifetime, oh, it's page 70 with okay. the descendants and the ascendants. Well, Virgo is Pisces. So if you're Virgo ascendant, you have a Pisces descendant. Okay. I knew that's why I hate, uh, never mind. You know, the, the fishers of men. Only reason you hate it is because that was your past life. What do you think I was, uh, uh, persecuted by Christians? You might have been, or you might have been a Christian. That's why you just do, totally go against it now. They always tell me in my well, past life I was a murderer, so. What I'm looking at here. Um, oh, Aries and Libra are opposites. Mm-hmm. Well, why did they say that, that Virgo and Aries are opposites? See, I would have figured that this might have been something having to do with that, but it doesn't. Excuse that, me. That Virgo and Aries are like opposites and we kind of complement each other. But that's just that's just in the characteristics, not in their angles. Yes, in character. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I got it. See, I I made a false assumption there, but see, all right. Yeah. I just learned something. Mm. But I will say in this book, with Pisces on the descendant, relationships can be muddled or messy. You need a partner who is compassionate and patient. I can see that because you have a couple of tendencies to be a little raw. Well, I can be, but um, the right person around me, I'd be more like meow. 
Right. Or even purr. I can I I definitely get that vibe from you. You just seem like you'll bite somebody's head off. Yeah, everybody. Lots of people seem to think that, but then in the same breath, they'll be like, "You're so calm. How are you so calm?" So my friend Kevin Green, he said, "I'm the most patient person that he knows." And another guy, uh, John Klein, said, "I'm the most calm person that he knows." So I guess so you get somebody that reflects that. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I don't need anything, really. These are all desires that can be uh, stifled and uh, suffocated. That's not a good idea for Virgos to do. You're going to give yourself tummy trouble. Yeah, well, that's what dolls are for. All right. I don't suggest it, but I will give a little preface on my descendant. I'm a Taurus Taurus ascendant with Scorpio and descendant. And it says you need intensity, drama, and loyalty and a deep Mm. emotional connection. That explains why they said I was a serial killer in the past life. But okay. And where, and where does it say that for, is it that it's ascendant? That is no, not that. It's not from this book. I actually got a past oh, okay. life for reading. I okay. said I killed my husband. I was like, "How many lives ago was that?" And they're like, eh. "It was fairly recent." Huh. Okay. Interesting. All right. So, astrology and work. Let me. No, 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 no. Let me go back to the fourth house. Because there is a set of associations with the fourth fourth house. Four is the number of endings in general, the end of life, the past, houses and land, old buildings, public buildings, inherited tendencies, families, weather, and souvenirs. And then when we go further into predicting your, not mapping your future, family and friends two of the main houses that pop up are the fourth house 11 hmm no okay family is the fourth third and fourth okay family's third and fourth house yeah friends and family is third fourth eleven okay let's see what's in this here Fourth house. I can never remember if I have any fourth house placements. I know I have a third house placement. Mixed, but I still have your chart pulled up. Mm, let's see. Let's scroll. Yeah, uh, Samantha. Um, I'm good. I don't know about Sister. Oh, I'm doing peachy. Just woke up from a good nap. I got off work. To... I'm believing in these daytime naps, man. Oh, you have tuned in the fourth house in Sagittarius. Hi. What about my fourth house in Sagittarius? Mm, Neptune in Sagittarius. Okay. 
Neptune in the fourth house suggests a strong connection with the foundations of personal security with their home life and their mother. It means powerful subconscious and emotional bond. The parent who is submissive in the household often has some mental abilities or at least some way of the parent. That's really worded weird. The submissive parent in the household often has some mental abilities or is at least some way extraordinary or unusual. Sometimes there is an atmosphere of insecurity in the household that causes hidden difficulties. People with Neptune in the fourth house often want to live near water by a river or lake or become loners or withdrawn when they get older. That goes into what we were talking about yesterday, too. The older you get, the more withdrawn you want to be and the less you want to be around people. Uh, also, the water thing. You want to live by water? I've always been by water. I've, I've only once lived in a place that was landlocked, and that was when I was living in Chengdu in China, in western China, because there's no... The only thing that was around there were, were canals, which were man-made. But when I lived in China, I was, or just in Asia in general, I was either in Hangzhou, which is a coastal town, and Xiamen, which is a seaport town. And then I would frequently be on a Taiwanese island called uh, Jinmen, or Kinmen Island. And I like to be surrounded on all sides by water. That really ties into your 12th house as well. That loner, isolated energy. That's all in that same vein. But that Neptune in fourth house just kind of put the nail in the coffin. So the older you get, the more likely you're going to land it and end up living on an island somewhere like a real supervillain. Um, you can buy islands for as little as $4 million. So I'll figure that as, out. You say as little like it's just... <laughs> I live simply so that I can save. Don't, don't. I'm not going. You would be the one person I could see doing something like that. Also, I'm going to make it so that my <laughs> island is, is also a giant submarine. Lord. And it will also be able to detach, um, you know, sport models that will be able to to like uh, escape pods that will be able to launch out of it and fly <laughs> mm, that actually sounds pretty cool okay oh by the way what's you know it's funny so that text message I sent you earlier we won't say any names but how <laughs> it's hilarious it's it's a love interest going on there. What what you don't understand about it? It's cute. I'm joking. <laughs> I have no clue what it is. Maybe she just misses you. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, so I just pulled up my chart and this is one of the pieces that a lot of people forget about. Chiron the asteroid. Mine is in Leo. Okay, hold on. You gotta it slow is. down here. You're talking about Chiron the asteroid. Mm-hmm. But just now, where is this asteroid? This asteroid is. Is this the one that's by uh, Sat or wait, or is it one of the uh, near one of the outer areas? Yeah, it's near near Lilith's dark moon. 
But we start adding Eros and it's three more. It's Ero, Vestus. I'm just going through the basics right now because once we start doing the modern day asteroids, it gets a little, little. All right, sorry, my, my earbuds fell and they're connected to my device so I couldn't hear anything. They pulled my sound away from here. So Chiron, this asteroid. Now, is this an ancient one or is this yes, a new this asteroid? Is Okay, so I've heard about it. I don't know. And Chiron is it spelled C H I R O N? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chiron is an asteroid between Saturn and Uranus. It, its orbit is very unusual and represents the bridge between the material and spiritual world. According to mythology, Chiron was a great healer, wise teacher, and one of the immortal scimitars. Unfortunately, he was deadly, deadly injured by poison arrow by Heracles. Heracles his oh. favorite disciple. He was suffering from he was suffering in great pain, but he could not die. Finally he gave up his immortality for the benefit of Prometheus, who was also suffering, and Chiron in the underworld Zeus had mercy for him and raised him to the heavens. In astrology, Chiron symbolizes our unhealable injuries and incurable traumas. However, if a person, instead of drowning in his own trauma, is able to accept the trauma and help others who are also suffering, and accept that suffering is a part of life, then Chiron may become the keys to wisdom, or even some sort of initiation gate. You know, you know, when I said Chiron was the moon of Saturn, it was a um, a hypothetical moon. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, it was the name given to the supposed moon of Saturn cited by Hermann Goldschmidt in 1861. It has since been determined that no such moon exists. Hermann Goldschmidt announced the discovery of the ninth moon of Saturn in April 1861, which he said orbited between Titan and Hyperion. It was never confirmed and Chiron was never observed again. Um, but um, 2060 Chiron is a small solar system body in the outer solar system orbiting the sun between Saturn and Uranus. Or actually, you know, I'm going to say uh, Uranus. Mm -hmm. Uranus. <coughs> Listen to this. Yeah. <clears throat> it speaks oh, it was, about... It was discovered by, on my birthday year, 1977, by Charles Cole, 2060 Chiron. Anyway, sorry about that. Then listen to this. Chiron and Leo. A piece of art, a novel, a scientific text or start, text or start a business. It's not accepted by others with recognition that they believe that they deserve. There is always some defect. It's out of date, it's prejudiced, or it does not attract enough attention. The more unique and distinctive are the fruits of their creative, the more painful the trauma of rejection. Chiron in the fourth house. The unhealable injury of these people is their family. They believe that their parents did not give them proper care, love, and a sense of security. Even in adulthood, unha an unhappy childhood can still be their open, unhealing energy. They compensate for this by example, by creating their own big family, by constantly dealing with the past, or deciding to never become parents in order to never cause the pain to their children. Funny enough, I have broken past a lot of that because I had a very 
it wasn't that they didn't give me the proper care. I just had a very emotionally neglectful group of people at certain times. Dude, what the fuck is NASA trying to get us to think about these? <laughs> you should see the I photograph. It's going to change the subject from what I just think. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Please continue and then I'll, I'll rant about it. Rant about me. I know, like, I know they always try to, but but Chiron is the key. You learn to forgive those that have harmed you, especially when you have rooted trauma. They always say I have root chakra damage because I was a kid of some really, really harsh upbringings and really, really harsh traditional systems. So the biggest thing for me to do is to create without worrying about if people are going to accept it or not. Just do it and whatever follows, follows. And that has been one of the things. And a lot of people with Chiron in the fourth house never have children or they make really huge families. Like I only have one kid. But I used to say before I started healing that I never wanted children because I didn't want to be anything like the people that raised me. And I was like, eh, I think I do pretty fine. I think I do pretty all right. So we've changed out of that. So Hakeem, what were you saying about NASA being jackasses? Not just that there's a photo of the Hubble Space Telescope image of Chiron and its coma taken in 1996. And it is one of the stupidest <laughs> I'm gonna have to send. I'm gonna put this in the chat because, like, you, so a child could make that image. On, it's just so dumb. I I just don't understand you know? how that's a how that's a passable uh, image. You no seriously, it looks like something from a video from a, like a 1980s video game. They are trying their best, Hakeem. You could be yeah. really, really mean sometimes. Really? To I'm mean to NASA? No, I'm talking about just in general. Watch, Sarah. Just a little bit. I'd be like, ouch, that's gotta hurt. Well, you know, um, I definitely mean it. I know. That's what makes it so harsh. Well, you know, a lot of people say, like, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. No, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely there. We know. Yeah, right. <laughs> the low, low price of four million, right? Is Samantha? Yeah, for for all that money, right? It's like the all that money, and you, and and it looks like. Wait, let, just take a look at the image, seriously. Like, I see like, it. What? <laughs> They're doing the best. What do they want can. us to do with that? <laughs> no, seriously, why would they even publish that image? Because it was the best they could do. Man, I'm not amused. You know, you're really hard to impress. That's the thing. Not really. Shit. Weren't you the one that talked to me about low-hanging fruit the other day? Low-hanging fruit. That doesn't mean that you're impressed by it. You're just not going to pass up low-hanging fruit. It doesn't uh -huh. have to be impressive. It's just an easy target. 
I That's see. not the point here. Okay. I digress. I'm, I'm stepping back. Okay. All right. Now, there is one thing that aspects your Neptune in this chart that really stuck out to me. Like, it really just stuck out. You have Mercury squared to Neptune in the fourth house. So it's Mercury in the 12th house and Neptune in the 4th house. Both of these houses denote security and how you can lose or leave security versus Mercury communication. But it's in the house of isolation and self-destruction and self-sabotage. just want to say hello to Gator and uh, Jade and Hannah and Sarah. What's up? Even though you're just right Hello, ladies. How y'all doing? I tried to back you up a little bit uh, in the other room, Gator. I sent as much research as I could. Hello, Jade. I heard you a little bit earlier, too. Ladies, it's, the, it's ladies' night over here today. Ew. But, yes, this Mercury in the 12th house square to Neptune. This aspect considerably complicates practical life. Eccentric artists and spiritual explorers sometimes have this aspect. These people, These people change their opinions often and unexpectedly. When they get into trouble, they do not hesitate to deceive to themselves or others. These people do not express themselves very well and tend to be dreamers. In order to grow, they have to create they have to have creative people around them. They often close themselves off into their own fantasy world and they do not have a very good short-term memory. They are aware of their own special abilities, but they are not always able to use them depending on their other aspects. Other people take advantage of them. Others may find them hard to deal with with their chaotic thinking or lack of others. Lack of order. <clears throat> and uh, where does that reading come from? This is Mercury Square Neptune on Astro Sea. Junctions, and that is based off of Neptune being in the fourth house, squaring off to Pluto, not Neptune, it's Mercury in the sextile of Pluto as well. Let's see what that and, is. Can I, can I call you Tanner? Who? Can I call you Tanner instead of Sicily? Why Tanner? Because it's the, it's based off of the, some initials that, of another name you have. No, I am Cicely Marie Goose. You better do it. Okay, can, okay, Cicely. Well, in the smog, because Cicely <laughs> Marie Goose is SMG, so can I call you smog? You know what? I mean, it's better than if I called you, than calling you smegma. Gross. Absolutely gross. How about you just call why tenor? Tenor sounds like the robot that's used to tune um vocal preferences. Tenor oh sure. 
Yeah. Well, I'll call you. I'll call you Cicero again. I'll, I'll keep it at that. Or, or even, um, uh, I forgot what your sign is again. Like Taurus, the angry bull. I am not an angry bull. I oh, right, rarely am. You'd have to have te- That's right. You'd have to have testicles to be a bull. Right. So, um, okay. And Raging don't Taurus. call me a cow either. Rude. I would not do that. See, that's that's where I that's where I draw the line. <laughs> There's certain things that I have to do, but that's just that's where I draw the line. Because one of the uh, one of the country's things about me is the way my family used to say heifer. That's a cow without kids, so I'm no longer a heifer. I have an actual I have a calf now, but I was a stubborn heifer in their eyes. It's hilarious. Oh. Hannah but says this... she's been a little restless lately. Gotta talk about that, Hannah. Oh yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Let's see what, what's where we because I have a planetary position transits like where where we are in the sky right now. Okay, now you're a Virgo ascendant, Hakeem, but Virgo, Virgo your Neptune. Huh. Oh, the Hannah. positive thing she, about this oh she just jumped up in the collar and she, oh. um also my uh where's my moderator tool oh my bad excuse me yeah you're excused you know what you you, you got something <laughs> going on today I'm gonna look at the current transits for Virgo's <laughs> So Hannah says she has to teach in 30 minutes. So come on, Hannah, let's get this out of the way. Or unless you're yeah. going to be driving or something like that. We can do at least quick something and maybe you can come back and check out the recording. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jade, what the hell? Hello. <laughs> Hello, dog. Sorry, I'm walking on the street. It's raining where you are too? Yeah. It's not bad though. It's still look pretty good. Okay, so what I'm hearing now, I know you are a Virgo son, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes, yes. So you right there with Hakeem, because he's been a little testy for the past couple of days, and you're feeling <laughs> restless, though. So. Really? What you got going on? I don't feel like I've been testy. You've been testing the hell out of me. All right working my nerves okay so we're gonna go into the monthly astro calendar for this month and let's see where are we today today is the 25th but the 25th the sun is in conjunction with jupiter so there's a lot of restless energy about moving forward and getting things done. So this is with the sun and Aquarius being in conjunction with Jupiter. So this new forward thinking energy makes us a little jittery and wanting to move and getting things done. And then the moon just entered Aries today. So you might be getting that extra boost of, boost of energy. A little bit of Hellraiser. Huh. 
And then everything seems to be directed the sky. But it may be the conjunction of Aries and Jupiter as well as the moon being in um, Aries as well. It makes for restless action. We finally got the moon, Mercury, and Mars all going in the same direction. So it's like, okay, we got to keep moving. We got to hurry up and get something done. Let's do it. Type in. So it may make you restless. Yeah. Um, yeah, at work, it's a lot of waiting for things to get done. <clears throat> Um, I like I'm a tech during the day and then teach at night. But and I guess of, what with kind my of tech? Photo so tech. Kind of tech. Oh, okay. And then what do you teach? Photography. That's pretty rad. That you get to be a photo tech and then teach photography. So would it be safe to say that you are a photographer? Yes, indeed. Alright. And I also remember that you have a, I want to say your eighth house is pretty prominent or you have a very prominent <coughs> Scorpio placement. Yeah. And Mars. I, hmm? Sorry, I'm having a hard time remembering. <laughs> but I did send you it in the messages last week, so I don't know if it's still there. Yes, it's still there. It is the 11th house Scorpio as well as Venus Scorpio. That was the other placement. And the big thing about those two, that is ruled by Scorpio's old world ruler used to be Mars. So now that we have all this Mars masculine energy running, it can make us hella restless, like when's the next phase going to start? When are we going to move? What can we do to move? And then we have Uranus and Neptune right there together. Uranus is in Taurus and Neptune is in Pisces. So it's like dreamy, dreamscape, getting things done, moving, trying to see what we can get done kind of thing. Yeah. And I've been pretty anal. Like, not being able to let things go especially yeah. if like um my partner lose track of the conversation i don't let it go but yeah that's about it lose track um, of the conversation well like or misheard or something and then just gets tired and wants to stop talking after you know what i mean i i, I dumped a whole girlfriend because of that one. Oh yeah she, yeah, she it's started, a. She started saying stuff that I didn't say, in a conversation we were having at an Olive Garden of all places, and um, and I was on a bus and I text broke up broke up with her. It was messed up. Not 2000, the text. Two thousand two thousand five. True story. You a cold piece of work. I want you to know that. Nah, I'm gonna let it go. I need to work on letting. Uh, things go because yeah just something like something didn't make sense to me so it turned yeah it turns out he just wasn't really engaged and he was just like whatever but it wasn't any a topic of any importance at all 
So but like, it's still annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. Um, but yeah, like I'm the type of person who like needs grammar in their text messages, or right, I'm you like too. analyzing. I have to have for real, it has to be grammatically correct. Give me some commas. Give me some capital letters yeah. in the beginning of a sentence. What the hell is happening? Yeah, so, like, a lot of those things have been... Little things like that have been bothering me. But trying to stay well, cool. Well, I'm starting to see... Well, maybe it's a Virgo thing, because, you, you know, I'm a Virgo rising. And a uh, star sign, and uh, I think you are, too. Uh, that might be a thing. That might be onto something here. It definitely is because I'm one of those people, you heard what I said or wrote, use your imagination. But that's my own <laughs> Pisces, Mercury, and Neptune in the 12th house, no, 11th house. You heard what I said. You heard the clear communication. Don't test me. Yes. But it's interesting how they say that Aries and Virgo can complement each other in the opposite aspects. Uh-huh. The carefreeness, because they say our <clears throat> Aries anger is explosive, but once it, once we let it go, we let it go. And it takes like five, ten minutes for us to let it go. Virgos, especially Virgo with a Scorpio anything, will hold that to the death of them until they're ready to let it go. Yeah, that's me. And for some reason, like, I'll explain my logic, and it won't go through, and it's like, I just need, need them to understand, <laughs> and it's so bad. Mm. Let me look at your Mercury sign, because I'm a Pisces Mercury, and I really have a thing about, if you don't understand me, it's fine. They're like, are you okay with being misunderstood? Oh, you're Mercury and Libra as well, too. So you have to have that balance in your communication, too. So it's like you get a triple win with the Virgo, the Scorpio Venus, and the Mercury and Libra. Like, you have to have a correct sentence. And if it isn't correct, I'm going to chew your head off kind of thing. Yeah, it's bad. If the correct sentence structure is um, tantamount. Like, how could you not, not do that? What do you people? You have two thumbs, everyone. Two thumbs. Yeah, I want to be like, read your text out loud before sending it. <laughs> oh, that's so Virgo. And then I'm the one that will send things wrong on purpose. You're responsible for wars. I am. I am responsible for There'll wars. There'll be Helen of Troy. Yes, the joke is I have always been Helen of Troy. I have Venus and Sun in the 12th house in Aries. I'm the type of woman that will start a war and call her soldiers to battle. <laughs> I'm a Cancer Mars. I fight with feeling and emotion. I can call anybody to war. That's been a joke. That's how I can breed stalkers. Like... 12th house is very much the Romeo and Juliet destruction of the world type love. It is the house of destruction and rebirth, and it's the house of darkness, institutions, and insanity. Definitely the Helen of Troy energy. Now I'm going to start a war with my favorite supervillain, Hakeem. <laughs> okay, let's see that. How, how do you... All I gotta do is start a grammar war. 
Oh yeah, I'm. See, when I know that it's intentional, it's just. Oh, you've never met someone as persistent in it as I am. All right, we're just gonna what do... just have fun. We'll see. Andrew, I, got, I gotta go. No problem, darling. I appreciate you stop. Andrew says. Uranus gets my Venus rising. Is there something wrong with me? I don't believe anything's wrong. Ha ha ha. <clears throat> I don't think you. Oh, think. Uranus gets my Venus rising. I, I like that one. That's a good one. That's actually a very good joke. I do have a nice anus. Thank you. <laughs> how, how do you use a mirror? See, I'm flexible. I can just look and see. I can tuck my head between my legs. It sounded like you just did it. What are you, a cat? Yes. In a lot of ways, house cat. Don't touch me unless I allow you to. Okay, that's enough. Jay says, what do you think about all the synchronicities? I really feel like synchronicity is something that just is a confirmation that lets us know we're in the right place at the right time. Like we just get this little ding. Like I've been saying 555 forever. I think I even got a ticket today. I was ringing up that was $5 and 55 cents and I had good luck numbers. But there are also some other interesting synchronicities. Like for example, I was doing for a guy named Brian, who's one of the bartenders last night, I was doing his, um, I was doing divination that, you know, my triple goddess divination of anyway. Uh, one of the things that happened was, um, as we were, so anyway, all three of them, the, the the numerology the um the runes and the tarot all kept on telling him the same thing that he's holding on to something that he needs to let go of from his past like they were very specific like it was weird how very specifically and exactly they were worded like that um on, and from from the reading which um is interesting that's the room that jade was in earlier where someone else was saying that um like why if you are a you know um if you are an experienced tarot reader or diviner that way why would you have to read from the books and then there was a conversation about you know um people being able to commit fraud that way and tricking people and i wanted to uh call in and and talk to them but somebody in there had me blocked so for so for whatever reason because i haven't even talked to any of those people for a while but um but uh and and that's the first time i've ever seen that so yay for me my super villainy is working but um the the uh the thing about about that is that when I pulled um, a, a specific rune, um, as soon as I touched the book and opened it, it kind of slipped out of my hand a little bit. And when it did, it opened to the exact page of the rune that I was supposed to be reading that was in the first position of overview of the situation. And then on and on, things like that keep happening. You know, like where I, I pick up the book and I open it and it happens to open to the same page of the rune I'm looking for. Or like... Um, for him, uh, in the very last place, um, when I was when we were doing something about relationships, um, the lovers came up in the in the final position, which was which was the end result, you know, and all kind of things like that, and that happened for me twice already. So, 
Um, and, and just on and on, there's so many different... Um, oh, Jade, I know it wasn't you that was saying that about the... Um, it, it was... Um, it was uh, Snarf. He, he's not... You know, some people aren't really big on that stuff. So, I, And I, I'm fine with that because they just don't understand what's actually happening. So, um. Hey, Jade. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's really cool uh, about the book and the card. Like, I've had, I've been, and it's weird because, like, as soon as you start watching for synchronicities, then they come up a lot more, I feel like, you know? Yes, because I've, one of my experiments I've been doing right lately is a dreamscape experience. Podcast about it on wisdom and stuff, but I literally will watch some form of divination and go to sleep and see what kind of dreams I have off of it. And I was listening to a tarot card reader yesterday and she said, somebody's been playing in the dreamscape and my ears just perked up like, Burr. How do you know? It's like synchronicities pop up even in the word experimentation I've been doing. I had like a very vivid dream last week and it like included bugs. And um, it was like, it was a weird context. Like it was a wedding and I had to go collect a plate of bugs or something. And wow. Jay, I saw like the whole thing about crickets and eating them. Like, I don't know if that was, it just like was on my timeline, on my social medias. And then I listened to like some podcasts and even some things on Colin and they were talking about that. And then I started listening to this, these episodes about <clears throat> synchronicities on a, on a podcast specifically. And uh, then they were talking about bugs and like the, the symbolic nature of them. And I was like, what? That's so, so weird and random. And uh, then immediately after that, I, well, and then it's a four part podcast on that episode. So I stopped it, you know, like I didn't listen to it all in one chunk. The next morning I was just doing stuff in the kitchen and like, I don't know, just making breakfast and doing stuff. And I suddenly like unprompted just started like reciting or like singing the jingle from like Lucky Charms, which we don't have any Lucky Charms in our house. Like, I don't remember the last time I ate Lucky Charms. Like, I have no idea what prompted that. But then I turned on the episode and like the next story was about <laughs> this guy who had a synchronicity with Lucky Charms, like Lucky Charms wow. ice cream. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. So I've just been thinking about it a lot this week. And now I've had a ton of those things yeah, happen yeah. too, where I was reading a book called the, the Big Book of the Supernatural or the Giant. It's called the, the Encyclopedia of the Supernatural. And... um I'm going to get to that later, but I, but I, I, all I want to say is that I understand that kind of thing happening. Like either you'll have a synchronicity occur that you're, you're experiencing and something else will confirm it or some media or book that you turn a page to or hear on the audio or watching the TV will be talking about a synchronicity about the synchron, you know, about the synchronicity that you're experiencing. So I've had that too. So it's pretty. 
Yeah. The idea that I was talking about dreamscapes I've done because there's a series I have called Divination Horror Stories where I'm basically playing in dreams and just waking up and writing the story based off what I've dreamed about. And I've heard one tarot reader say dreamscapes and another one said dream oracle. And another was talking about how our subconscious dreams are warnings and listen to your intuition. And I was like, well, I guess I'm on the right path. Ah, I'm really- I guess that was information. That's, yeah, that's really cool. I'll have to check out your other, like, so you said you podcast on wisdom. Mm-hmm. But I also have some of the divination horror stories that I read on here as well. They're titled Divination. Divination horror stories, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are really, really weird. Because, like, I don't don't drink. I have a pretty clean diet as of lately. So I've been testing out how strong I can get my intuition or how weird my dreams can get. And they have gotten wild. The one I had last night, was about these three women and they were doing some form of spell casting because a lot of people don't realize spell casting can be as simple as gossiping, telling lies, or slandering someone's name. That's a spell. You're trying to cast the glamour across their image. But every time these women spoke, and it's women that I have I haven't met in person, but I've been in contact with online. And they're a family of women, and there's three of them. And every time they spoke, snakes, spiders, and frogs fell out of their mouth. But every time that they spoke, they got uglier and I got bigger, like giant-wise bigger. And I was like, what kind of shit is this? But it was just a warning from the subconscious mind. Don't let that slam. I know who you're talking about. And I just like to add, how could they possibly get uglier? Man, shut up. (laughs) I can't even start with me. Wow. Yeah. I I started writing down some dream stuff just uh in I don't know, a few weeks ago I was having very vivid dreams. And then the last few like last week or so, I not as not as frequently. But um yeah, I I I'm kind of on a journey right now to figure out you know, just I guess towards self-actualization. You know, I think I guess like we all are, but especially exploring like some of these spiritual topics and getting some side. And um, I also have like kind of a, a a little bit of a fear of like getting in too deep. You know, like getting lost in the lost in the journey. I don't know. Well, you know, Jade, one of the things that I do is um, if I I think that I'm pretty well balanced in that, like the the thing is I read um, a lot of mainstream scientific articles a lot because, you know, first of all, a lot of them are filled with, um, well, it's a lot of mainstream science, but then a, a lot of it can be trickery and lies and stuff like that to try to fool people into the agenda of, of you know, scientism, 
Um, but either way, no matter what it is, I stick to a lot of science and mathematics, specifically like the hard, you know, science, mathematics, um, I mean, mathematics, physics, uh, chemistry and biology. And, um, and then because I'm naturally inclined to be very mystical and, and, and want to dive into things like that are very, and very fantasy prone. So I think that, um, that's just a, a tip maybe if you wanted to keep yourself grounded yeah. is start exploring yeah. the solid sciences and not and i'm talking about like real almost scholarly stuff because you know there's a lot of pop science out there and it just doesn't add up a lot of it i wanted to know you were talking about getting to the journey of yourself jade it was five 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 on the room and we were at 55 minutes talk about synchronicity yeah that that's perfect one. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for letting me call in and share a bit. And yeah, thanks for sharing your perspectives and thanks for the tip about staying grounded. Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind as I continue on. <laughs> you can also... Oh, yeah, I would say yeah. take it a little at a time. For sure. Just a little at a time. Don't jump too far or get too far into analyzing it as well. Because it's a journey, not a destination. You don't have to rush to get anywhere. Or at least that's how I do it. Now, Hakeem is made out of something different. He's a Virgo. I'm an Aries with Neptune. A lot of Neptune aspects and a lot of Mercury and watery aspects. So I have a very slow-moving idea of how to do it but his chart is ruled by quicksilver so he's going to move a lot faster mine is ruled by beauty beauty and water so there's a very different aspect to it ain't that right Hakeem that's correct I would agree <clears throat> I'm to pack my stuff up out of here this place is closing. I forgot. Mm. Gotta go to my next location. And the dojo's occupied. I think today is Wednesday. Oh yeah, the Aikido, the Aikido club is in there right now. Hmm. There's another significant. Oh, I should have read this for the eleventh house yesterday, but there is a very significant angle with my black moon Lilith and my fourth house and this is a conjunction that's going to make sense with the unhealing wound Chiron in the fourth house Lilith in Pisces fascination with self-sacrifice and blending into other prophetic vision or death Lilith gives these people the ability to feel and connect with everything even with their deepest thoughts and cosmic souls. These people are often midwives, prophets, and wise men or women. However, they may also perceive life as suffering and succumb to various dubious mystical ways that, are, that they believe bring mysterious abilities or can heal people. Beware of alcohol, foot injuries, and loss of consciousness. Funny enough, I've had to have my left foot stitched up 
But you kick somebody in the ass too hard? No, I'm not violent at all. That's the funny part. I actually was half sleep waking up my first day of college. And I kicked my foot on one of those metal bed frames. And it sliced the entire top open. So metal bed frame is not uh, code for somebody's ass? No, okay. I don't have to get that kind of injury. And loss of consciousness. I was one of those really clumsy kids, and I'm an Aries son. So I was always tumbling somewhere and clumsy and knocking myself out. Dang. Yeah, I got a couple of scars under my scalp that come from me busting my scalp open. That explains a lot. Man, shut the hell up. Don't start. I'm one of those people that has had a couple of head injuries. Jay, jump back. Yes. <laughs> it's just like also in the podcast I was listening to, um, they talked about the correlation between uh, people who've had head injuries and uh, also kind of uh, work in, I, I don't know, like <laughs> also have skills or interest in hey Tanya, thinking. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get out of here. And this type of top, like you know, even this topic, like I think, and so I think that's interesting. Another, you want this, <laughs> this stuff here? You want this? I came mute. Oh, sorry, yes. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe that's part of, part of your journey too. Oh, yeah. Like, I tumbled down the stairs, I think, two or three times. I've also been stung by jellyfish and almost drowned twice. There's a a real odd, I have a lot of near-death experiences. Yeah, near-death experiences and, uh, and head injuries and kind of like psychic, uh, just, abilities or just a predisposition towards uh, psychic type things. Um, yeah, I've noticed a lot of people. Correlated. Yeah, I would like to say I'm just crazy, but the synchronicities like just line up a little too well. Mm-hmm. Like a little too well. Because I have Lilith in the 11th house, which is like very demanding friends. And there's a difficult integration into groups within my society, into anybody's group, even if I try it. Like, I've been offered positions in groups and sororities and stuff, and I just cannot do it. It's like I get the most demanding people ever that try to integrate me. And I'm like, Ugh, I have too many head injuries for this. This isn't the, I can't, I just can't. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um and I think it just maybe opens the door to like, you know, the exploration of, of things that are deeper than we can normally just observe or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Like I want to look further into that because there are some people that are considered healers or light workers that I've met on wisdom that had 
similar head injuries. One guy had a traumatic brain injury. I think he was in a car wreck. But it's something very much in common with people that almost die in spiritual significance that really kind of core line. Because I always tell the story that when I got injured, when I hit my head that last time, I was trying to stay where I was. And it was really warm. It was really nice. And I was like, I want to stay here. And they were like, no, you got to go back. I don't want to go back. You got to go back. You have something to do. And I was like, damn, I got to go back. So I went back. And here I am. Wow. Yeah, I think a lot of people have similar stories from situations like that. And then also come back with kind of altered perceptions or different skills than maybe they are skills that were strengthened through that process maybe i would like to believe so because my dreamscapes are absolutely wild i'm gonna publish a book based off of these dreams and hope that they make me some money one day <laughs> because... i hope they do too uh yeah. i'll if you're interested i'll send you a message with like the podcast i've been listening to um oh yeah that where they kind of are it's kind of like a round table it's well it's from perceptions today i don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard of them but yeah paul has stopped through here yeah paul mm -hmm. so he when he was first on call in the other day i also <laughs> had a synchronicity with that because i was listening to a podcast and was like you know i'm just gonna check out what's on call in and saw his show and was like i'm gonna i'm just gonna check in and then he brought up topics that I'd just been listening to. So then I've been wow. checking out his his podcast and um, the roundtables with people who have had, had similar experiences and it just like really resonates and is really almost almost to the point that it's spooky, you know, <laughs> that spooky feeling yeah. of like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> but absolutely. Um, yeah, I just, I've been listening kind of in backwards order. So the things that he's published most recently, but um, the Synchronicity series was really good. And now I'm one on one about Kundalini and that's also been very good. So yeah, I recommend checking it out if, if now, you have time. Kundalini, does that go good with um, clam sauce or is it better with a tomato base? <laughs> Cut it out, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Thanks for having me up again. Sorry to derail. I just thought it was a, a cool thing that you mentioned and relevant to what I'd just been listening to. So, yeah. You didn't derail at all. It was actually quite a good accompaniment to it. Okay. Appreciate it. Hold on, because that reminds me of Neptune. Neptune is a spiritual aspect. It's one of the planets that gives us this otherworldly peace. I have Neptune in trine with my moon. So my emotional body and my ability to get lost in a task are right there together. 
Neptune in the ninth house suggests strong connection with education, philosophy, religion, and travel. These people are often easily influenced, intuitive, and interested in unusual religions. They may also be interested in art, which they may study or teach. The position of Neptune also means misunderstandings and difficulties with in-laws. Ew. I've definitely dated people where their mothers absolutely hated me. And that's gross. And then it's square to my Venus. Venus square Neptune. This aspect causes considerable romantic feelings that complicate life and put these people into intricate situations. They often give priority to their own fantasies over reality. Esoteric activities sometimes become more important to them than the reality and take away considerable amounts of energy from the relationships they're in. These people should try to be more rational and have a thicker skin. They're usually very lazy. Hmm, I recant that. For artists, this aspect brings inspiration, creativity, imagination, and good taste. I don't believe in laziness. Laziness is a capitalist capitalist idea that makes you want to overwork yourself. I believe in the soft and easy life. That is just me. But yes, I see what they mean. Soft I, lives. I am a woman that deserves people. a soft life. I said it. I meant it. I just took a nap before this show and I'm feeling wonderful. Mm. Because in all of my life, when I was, I've been working since I was 16. I've been told I'm too masculine. I'm too tough. I'm too strong. I'm too that. So I'm claiming my own soft life and taking naps and reading astrology and getting back into my art form. Now we have Uranus in conjunction with Neptune. This conjunction is responsible for urge for changes. These people tend to change their lives and to interfere with political affairs that they are never satisfied with. If they are publicly engaged, their reformist efforts have some chance of being chances to be successful. Otherwise, they live in discontent of the circumstances all of their life. In conjunction, this conjunction gives people immense originality, intense creative abilities, and innovative inspirations. I'll take it because I have the innovation of Uranus and the watery depth of Neptune, but I also have Pisces in the house closest to Neptune, and it just gives me this beautiful, ethereal, mystical, psychotic artistry. How the hell did an hour and 11 minutes, 10 minutes pass by already? Because we're having fun, duh. That is radical. Mm-hmm. Time flies when we're having fun. Yeah, well, uh, that's true. I'm about to have some more fun. I have to help Sarah over here fill her tires and get air and oil filled in a car good time look at you the savior the captain okay you know what you know be nice she's right here (laughs) 
Oh, so you can be mean to me for the past two days, but as soon as I say something mean, I got to be nice. I refuse. <laughs> no, and I'm not being mean to her. I'm being oh, mean to you. Oh, see. I'm not trying to save her. Mm. I'm just being helpful. She helped me. She's my, my, my business partner. Indeed. Oh, you have a very interesting aspect in your chart. Are you talking to Jade? You, the you. Jag, the jagged revolution and the posh pro- proletariat. These names on here, you guys. Like just PSA resistance. Just beautiful. I mean, it's one of those things. Hey, Samantha, were you the one that at one point in time uh, had in your um, your profile, like the description? Something about like it, it had to do with like Colin talks like being like a boys club, like a frat house or something like that. It was something like that. Somebody had a, it was either you or somebody else. Not a frat house. It was but her, I like her. Or some other pretty black girl. I like her um, her profile now. Bougie nerd. I love it. There you go. Give it to me. Bougie. No, I don't say I'm bougie, like bougie and ghetto. Well, then the term is actually bourgeois. Bourgeois. <laughs> I'm bourgeois. But I like how uh, how how it gets Ibanicized, like a lot of words, like bougie. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I automatically know what it means. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. By the way, Andrew... Uh, he reported something to me earlier that was very interesting. Somebody was uh, they basically said that um, that I'm responsible for Floor's disappearance, <laughs> and that because I said that I get murdery when people get angry, <laughs> and like it was, I didn't. It didn't even bother me. But it's funny because I think Andrew, you might have been more bothered about it than I was because I was all the way on the other side of the world. <clears throat> first of all. Um, right, and like that's just insanity. But you know, I think I wonder if that's part of like the the Virgo thing too. You know, when um, like there's certain things that just have zero effect on me whatsoever. Um, and then, and then other things like it, like I don't know. I guess I can turn it off and on when I want to. You know, like my emotions, because I really don't have to cry about things, but. I also know that it's cathartic and therapeutic, so I do, you know? Now, I can actually show that you that in your chart, too. Hmm. Funny enough, we have a descriptor of that. I okay. remember reading it to you. All right, so the, somebody else had that in, in, in there. But I just remember... Oh, I know who it was. The name's going to come to my mind soon, but uh, so I don't remember. Oh well. So what? How is it's that in my Ven- chart? It's Venus in the twelfth house in Leo. Venus in the twelfth house suggests secrecy and solitude. It points to the introspective aspects of a character and the need to spend time alone. It creates socially withdrawn people who are a bit lonely and disappointed by their romantic relationships. They are very emotional, but they can subconsciously control their emotions. 
This position usually creates a significant degree of compassion for the oppressed people and those uh, who are in a bad position. Yeah. Yep. I tend to have a sympathy for those folks. I don't know. I would rather not because it makes me take action and ex overextend myself sometimes, but I could, it could be worse, right? It could be worse. She could be a true to the bone captain, save a hoe. Uh, what? You could be a true to the bone captain, save a hoe. Sacrificing everything <clears throat> for anybody uh, around you. Oh, there's the big friend. The, um, the, uh, what's that dog called again? I forgot. What's, hi, how you doing? What's the breed of the dog again? What's the breed again? Oh, bull, mastiff. bull Mastiff. Oh, yeah, he's beautiful. All right. Oh, that's a bull big mastiff. boy. Yeah, he is big. He's very friendly. He kind of lumbers mm -hmm. along. They look mean because they have that, that bull head, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the, all the dogs in the bull category. Oh, a moment of sirens. Mm. What do you see? Along with having Venus in Leo, you have Saturn in Leo as well. What does that entail? Saturn in this position tries to show its limiting and conservative nature through the joyous and generous Leo. These people need the right amount of self-esteem. They should learn to be confident and respected without being too dictatorial. Other people may think that they are better, showing others that they're better than them. Wait, However, so... Hold on. So it says I try to be what and not too dictatorial. These people need the right amount of self-esteem. They should learn to be confident without feeling superior ah. and respect it without being too dictatorial. Other people may dislike them if they start showing others that they are better than them. Yeah. However, since Saturn is off, Saturn often represents our uncertainties. It is very likely that these people will be so afraid that other people may dislike them that they will be too modest. There may be, there may be authority, a parent, a partner, a school, teach them to either develop their creative abilities or just complain about their life and destiny. But the significant part is Saturn in the 12th house square to the moon. Saturn in the 12th house suggests work in the background usually in a large organization these people usually do not achieve recognition for their abilities and results they usually doubt their abilities and long for solitude they're usually loners who lack self-confidence you have it square to the moon so the, the first part is is um partially true that maybe i don't get recognized for the things that i've done but it doesn't bother me like it, it doesn't make me want to retreat it just makes me work harder. But you also have six other aspects that denote lonerism. So that's not the, that may not be the cause of the lonerism, but you're definitely on the loner side. One of that, them says with age, true. you become more of a loner. Hmm? That's, that's somewhat true, yeah. I mean, I, I do spend a lot of time alone, but around a lot of people. Yeah, but you're alone even when you're around people because you don't connect. Yeah. I don't plug in. I'm, I'm not a, you know, a Glade air freshener. Plug it in, mm -hmm. plug it in. 
They smell nice, though. You should give it a shot sometimes. Huh. Maybe. But the, the one aspect that's sticking out to me now is the moon square to Saturn. Okay. This aspect creates people who are unable to express their feelings and prefer to hide behind the mask they create. They need a stable home where they can feel safe. In their family life, they tend to artificially create too many duties, and they are inclined to depressions. Hmm. That's interesting. The home thing, just, feeling safe, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess the I like home it. is within you, not necessarily the place. That's the yeah. the fourth house is everything you carry with you, not necessarily just brick and mortar places. Sure. Okay. I can I can, I can dig it. So it's like you're at home within yourself, <clears throat> not necessarily at home within a place brick and mortar, even though brick and mortar is part of it. Yeah. And then we have Mercury square Neptune. I read that one. But you also have Venus in conjunction with Saturn. And it's at a sensitive degree. It's at one degree in conjunction. People with this conjunct find it hard to build relationships. However, once the relationships are established, they're rather stable. They do not trust their feelings, so they should work on this problem. They are faithful. But the reason for their faithfulness is not usually love, but their adherence to the conventional social rule of love. Wow. Interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't know about that either. But it could be that I'm so entrenched in that that I, it's just become part of me that maybe it's possible. I just, but I do, but I, I love very deeply. I know that much, but I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. That's what astrology is really for for me, just to pay attention to certain things and explore the concept. I'm not saying that it's all concrete, 100% true. Sure. But if it's something you've never heard about yourself, you can look at it and be like, is that me or is that not me? Yeah. Let's see. But you like also the have... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Now I was gonna say like the tower reading I did for this guy Brian yesterday, it he it pulled things to the surface for him because he wasn't paying attention to the reasons why he was feeling the way he was. Um mm-hmm. so when I did the reading, every single one of them and all three, the runes, the numerology and tarot, were telling him that he's holding something in and that's the reason why he's not able to move forward because he's not um addressing his issues of abandonment and things like that. Yeah, I can see that. You also, the last aspect I want to read to you is Mars and trying with Uranus. And there's a exact zero degree separation with a 30 degree space between. So it's like absolutely honed in. This harmonious aspect gives people individuality and inclination to have unusual interest. There are two developmental branches. Either the person engages in anarchist groups or extremist political movements, or they use their skills in research and engineering constructions and other related fields. 
This aspect is great for top-level athletes who need short and fast performance. These people use novella. Oh, novel, novel techniques. So you always coming up with something new. Because you have the aspect of Mars moving quickly, and Uranus, the innovation, Uranus, filled with innovation. That's why they couldn't keep up with me in the ring, because I don't, I don't move like others. Right, you come up with your own unique ways of doing these things, and that's amazing. But it's also denote. It's funny how those things are denoted in birth charts. Like a lot of people. To look at astrology is just the sun sign, but when you start reading into what conjunction means and what conjunctions between planets mean and how they blend together, you get a pretty stable view of self, even if some things you don't agree with. It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I just never saw it. Yeah. It's very good for self-reflection. I treat astrology like a self-study project. It's pretty fun to just study things you've never noticed or heard about yourself mm. based on a road map, and then you can take it and move whatever you need to move. But it also denotes that we can change these things and we can grow from them, not just leaving it at, oh, this is me and that's all I got. Yeah, it, I think that's um, that's a good way of viewing it. It's it's actually very practical, and self reflection is very useful. Very much useful. Mm. I'm gonna read something from my chart. I have a lot of oppositions, which is really funny. Like I have five six planets in retrograde when i was born so a lot of things move backwards in my life a lot like retrogrades don't affect me as badly why is that because i it's like my home territory okay so you're already kind of doing that Mm-hmm. Okay. i was already born with it but mars in opposition to ne- neptune with four degrees Applying, so that's a very tight angle. This aspect is great for mysticism and it reinforces the imagination and fantasy in which these people re- prefer to reality. Their practical approach in life is also greatly suppressed. They often combine feverish activities in order to promote themselves through the illusions of their unrealistic ideals and fantasy. These people are often chaotic, <laughs> like. I've always referred to myself as an agent of chaos. I've quelled that a lot lately, but very much chaos. But I've just confined my chaos to my life and stopped dealing and bothering people. But I also have Saturn square to Pluto. What is that, you This aspect is responsible for the fact that these people do not know what they want and they often try to drastically change their personal life they have reformist ideas but lack clear foundations their feelings of uniqueness and exclusivity are an intimidability 
hmm, are responsible for their very difficult personality. I've always been told I was difficult, though. Do you believe that? I, I do believe I'm difficult and chaotic. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about that? It doesn't really bother me because mm, it comes in handy. When I actually have to stand up for myself and be okay with that, it does come in handy. I can be difficult. And once I actually know what I want, I can stand on that. No matter how people feel about it. But the chaotic part of my um, personality really works in certain jobs. Okay. How so? Because I can work in chaotic environments. Like, I've been working in restaurants since I was 16. And a lot of people get burned out in restaurants. But I often get burned out in regular retail and working with just smiling at people all day. But... Like what I'm doing now, I do fine because I can move and it's chaotic. It's a chaotic yeah. situation, so I just fall in line. And I do pretty well. Hmm. Like who tips the cook? Uh-huh. Like I've been, I made a good amount of money in tips just cooking today. Nice. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the eggs are perfect. And I'm like, oh. Appreciate it. But anybody that has to have a form of structure in a job would not like that type of short order cooking. But if you're chaotic as is and you're a caffeine drinker, you can just run with it at 6 a.m. You have like nine, ten orders coming up and they're just calling orders back to you. And you're just like, okay, let's go. Anybody else would just pass out. I can see how it could be overwhelming. Hmm. So I can see how that would be overwhelming, but for me. Yeah, like, if you're not used to that type of environment, it would be really hard for somebody to adjust to it. Now, the last two aspects I read were squares and oppositions. I have Mercury trine Mars. This harmonious aspect strengthens thinking and gives these people the ability to act and think fast. They're analytical and are often often excellent researchers. Researchers, Their thinking is fast and practical. So it's perfect for the kind of jobs that I do. And just the, yeah, and also the research that you do for astrology. And you, mm-hmm. something that you're interested in, you dive deep. Yeah, once I sink my teeth into it, I'm in it kind of thing. Yeah, this has been an interesting die for today. We did a lot about the fourth house. We did a lot of conversations. Figured out that Chiron was in my fourth house. Chiron. That that great unhealable wound. Chiron's all stuck up in there keeping the wound open. Right. That's how asteroids be. Right. Holding the sun open for us. I wish they'd get a better image of it. Don't start. We're going to end on a good note. And with that, this has been your favorite astrology-loving wandering goose. 
Sis Lee Marie and my awesome moderator, Mr. Hakeem Ali Bokas Alexander. Yeah. And I hope you guys have a wonderful.